Hello, my name is Ashish Sharma and welcome to another edition of the Sport Intern Special, a series of podcasts in which we speak to the movers and shakers within the Olympic movement. In this episode, we speak to Brent Novicki, the CEO of World Aquatics, which recently changed its name from FINA, the International Swimming Federation. Just recently, a district court in San Francisco decided in favour of World Aquatics, which was facing two antitrust lawsuits, one from the International Swimming League, the ISL, and the other from swimmers. The lawsuits alleged that the Federation was exercising unreasonable restraint of trade, an allegation denied by World Aquatics and supported by the judge. I began my conversation with Brent by asking him to give me some more background into the fallout with the ISL. Discussions um, started amicably and ended and ended um, with some some um, some contention. And what it really uh, what really came out of that was there was an allegation that that again then FINA was engaging in somehow sort of anti-competitive or monopolistic benef- uh, activity by trying to prevent its swimmers or the swimmers that participated in in, in uh, FINA events from competing in this new startup professional league. And so um, three of the the uh, the individual athletes who were, were pegged to swim in this ISL, Tom Shields and Michael Anders from the United States, and Katinka Usu from, from, from Hungary signed on as class plaintiffs to bring uh, these allegations in the United States court against FINA, asserting essentially anti-competitive behaviors um, in violations of, of uh, uh, antitrust laws in the United States um, which basically forbids organizations from engaging in, in anti-competitive behavior. Now, what they were trying to do is use these antitrust laws in the United States to challenge the governing rules and structure of World Aquatics or then FINA with respect to how it administers swimming at the global and Olympic level. And this was really kind of unprecedented um, for, for many reasons, but you know, here you had three athletes who would run to the United States court um, to determine, again, how and well, whether and how we as a company could govern and administer our rules, um, which affected 209 other international federation or not international, national federation uh, members on a worldwide basis, right? So, and again, they claim that because the Olympic Games um, and our international calendar of competitions were really the only significant international swimming competitions in the marketplace, we were somehow the arbiter of these competitions and the rules that govern them. Um, 
and, and as a result, we can somehow have the power to push out or prevent others from entering into that international, uh, well, I would say like, let's say elite or top tier international uh, swimming space. And of course, this was never true because as we were able to establish in the procedure and we ultimately were able to convince the court that the ISL was indeed able to enter the marketplace and launch its own professional swimming league in 2018 without the support of FINA and notably without the support of any member federation. Initially, there were talks going on from both sides and they kind of fell away. Do you feel that that's just, just the nature of the beast in a sense, given that, uh, you know, you, you we're seeing it in golf, for example, with, uh, mm -hmm. with Liv, um, that, that you really have to find better ground in order to be able to marry two different organizations coming in to organize events or, or was it just perhaps the makeup of, of the situation with ISL and FINA at the time that just didn't gel uh, when it could have created something very different and more harmonious perhaps you know one complementing the other in a sense or is that not possible? Well I think look I think it's always possible right I mean I think that's why you know, I think that's why joint ventures exist. I think that's why collaboration exists because there is always those circumstances where it is appropriate and it works. And and both sides go into those relationships with the idea that we can be better together, stronger, uh, stronger, better, you know, in, in together. And so I, I, I don't think, you know, I don't think it's it's uncommon and I, and I don't think it's wrong. It just has to work not only for each of the participating entities, but also within the confines of the law. Um, and so, of course, you know, when you look at this dispute and, and you look back on it and you ask yourself, okay, could have we done things differently? Should have we said other, could have we handled it or could have we worked together differently? I mean, look, you know, hindsight, always 50-50, right? So, of course, in any lawsuit, in any case, and and in a lot of transactions, you know, you always unearth things. You always look back at things and say, wow, I probably shouldn't have said that that way. I shouldn't have written it that way. I shouldn't have acted that way. Right. That's easy to say. Um, and so, yeah. You know, but 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 when we come when we talk about anti-competitive behavior, when we talk about blocking or pre or prohibiting others from entering into the market space. You know, it's not enough just to say, oh, I should have worded something differently. Or I wish I didn't say that that way. You know, you have to show a, you know, a, a, a concerted effort to prohibit unreasonable restraint of trade. I mean, that's what the law tells us. And as the court rightly said, you know, it, it's not it's not wrong for an entity to, to want to position itself in a in a legally competitive basis. Um you know, there's no requirement that I have to help my competitor enter my market space, right? I just can't unlawfully prevent them from doing it, but I don't have to help them. So, of course, I can look back and say, oh, well, we could have done things differently. We should have said things differently, et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, we showed that we didn't prevent them from doing that. And as the, and, and, and we'll steal the court's world, words here, but so what? So what if we said things that we regret? It doesn't mean that we were wrong. No, exactly. And, and it was interesting that um, the statement that World Aquatics released uh, sort of suggested that this was um, ending a period of uncertainty. Um, what does that mean now for World Aquatics moving forward? And how much of an impact 
did that uncertainty have on you as an organization in, in, in the way that you wanted to plan and arrange and organize things? I mean, I don't think it, I don't think it really, the cloud, there's always this cloud around it, right? I mean, there's a cloud around it for many reasons. It's, it's obviously something that, you know, it, it gets raised. It's been raised since I've, I've sat here from day one, since the president took office from day one. It's always been this looming cloud that we've inherited that we obviously wanted to get the sun through. Um, so I think that when we say the words uncertainty, you know, you know, like any lawsuits, there's going to be a winner and there's going to be a loser. And, and that risk, whether you believe in your case or not, is very real and it's always there. Um, you know, and, and obviously when you talk about finances, you know, you've got to defend that. And, and there's there's costs associated with that. And those costs could obviously be used in much better ways than, than fighting what we thought was really an, an avoidable and, you know, unsuccessful launch by these plaintiffs. But we are where we were. We are where we are. And and and, and we had to go through it. And, and now I think that that sun is shining through. We feel much more confident about going forward in a positive way so that we can put this this, this, this discussions and this this lawsuit behind us and move forward. Um, you know, I think it's, you know, I think you, you touched a little bit upon it, sort of what, what it means in the period of uncertainty. And, and I think it also assists the period of uncertainty going on in the general international sporting sphere. You know, you, you, you touched on the golf and there's, there's obviously other antitrust cases that are, that are in the media and being discussed. And, you know, this, this from, from, from our recollection is probably at least in the United States, the first decision um, challenging the rules and governance of an international, uh, international sports federation that has been decided on the merits it's a very important part. It's a very important part for us. And I think for the, the overall community, I, I could be wrong, but at least I think on our understanding, that's true in the United States. Um, and, the, and the judgment correctly preserves the ability of sports governing bodies to maintain and enforce its rules and regulations as necessary to administer and promote their respective sports. And again, that's important for us to have the comfort of going forward in our business model and business practices. And it should give some level of comfort to other international sports governing bodies in the way in which they go forward in their business. Yeah. Is that what the reference was then when, when uh, you were saying that this was not just good for world aquatics, the decision, but also for the Olympic movement itself? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think it just gives us a little just gives us, you know, it gives us a um, reinforcement of what we believed. I think and the court's judgment gives us some reinforcement of the principles and values and the way in which we conduct our business that we believed in. And now I just think it, it reinforces that a little bit for us. Yeah. I, I don't know what the ISL will do, whether they can contest this decision, but do you see uh, a, a sort of um, a ground whereby there can be kind of a partnership uh, because something that benefits not just the swimmers as athletes but also swimming fans uh, that then comes back and reflects upon you know a higher standard of quality if you like for world aquatics how do you you know how do you sort of um, go through the, the the scenario and imagine a future look I, I don't think i think from day one the president and myself have always said that our door is always open for these types of discussions i mean i think that we live in a very fast-paced changing environment 
you know, the world of international federations is, is nowhere near what it was 10, even 20, 10, 20 or 10 years ago. I think, you know, we have to look at any business opportunity that comes across our desks with, with, with a close eye, but also, you know, look at, look at what it does for our sport and, and, and ask ourselves, you know, is there someone out there that can do it better than us that wants to be a part of what we're doing? You know, what and how will this impact our athletes, both in the training, both in their preparations, mentally and physically, the calendar, their their obligations to their national federations, their obligations to their born partners and, and coaches and, and families. You know, holistically, you, you never say no. Holistically, you always want to look at all opportunities and see how does it fit our vision and mission and what we want out of our sports. And, and if there is synergy there, of course, yeah, of course, you know, we'd be happy and we'll continue to be happy to uh, to explore those and think about those and see if there's other opportunities that can come the way, come, come, come our way. I mean, at the end of the day, right? I mean, we're doing this for our athletes. So, you know, it, we have to look at it from, not only does it make sense from for our perspective, but does it make sense for our athletes? And if, and if those, if those stars align, then, then yes, I mean, of course. Well, that was Brent Novicki, the CEO of World Aquatics. Don't forget, you can get all the latest news from the world of sport by subscribing to the Sport Inter newsletter, produced every day, Monday to Friday. So, until next time, stay safe.